What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Three Got Game. I am your host, Matt. Tonight, I am here with my other two co-hosts, Brian Falguer and G. John. G, how are you doing tonight? Good, man. It's August. You know, it's a hot one today, so I hope everyone stayed cool and hydrated. But uh, officially, the NFL is back, even though it's the Hall of Fame game that nobody will watch for probably more than a quarter. But football is here. And I think that's going to make some excitement for everybody that loves the sport. Oh, no doubt. I mean, football's back. Even if it's just a Hall of Fame game where all the backups are playing, football's football. So. Yeah, for sure. So that that just means it's getting closer. Yes, sir. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, again, yeah, it's hot outside, so stay cool. It's going to be pretty much hot all weekend. So, again, stay hydrated, stay cool. But uh, glad to be back talking sports. Football is right around the corner. Can't wait. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it, football is right around the corner, and it's going to be exciting because there's lots to talk about in terms of that. But, but before we get there, um, there's some sad news that transpired over the past couple of days. Uh, Celtics legend Bill Russell has passed away. Um, he – he has the most championships in NBA history, has 11 championships in 13 years, won two championships in college, um, was the best player on every team he played on, or, and was the best player on the Celtics every year they've won. And the, one of the two years that he didn't win, he was badly hurt. So uh-huh. you can consider it like pretty much every year he's played, he's won. So you definitely can consider him the biggest winner of all time in team sports. And, uh, and the interesting stat that I saw in 21 elimination games, he's been in, he is 21 and no. So he just, he just can't lose when it's, when the money's on the line. And, uh, at, and to me, I mean, I'm a huge Celtics fan. I've heard so many stories of him between my dad and my grandpa, who are both big Celtics fans. And, uh, <clears throat> And he really did help pave the way, not only on basketball court, but outside basketball court, too. I mean, he was like the spokesperson for for racial equality. And uh, and he was one of those. He had a big voice with uh, Muhammad Ali and Martin Luther King to to have all the equality going on in the country. So. So, like, he's made a big impact in this world and he will definitely be missed. Um, G. John, we'll begin with you. Uh, I'd like to hear what your thoughts about him are. You know what? It was really saddening. Um, but in a way, like, you know, at, at the one thing I'll say, at least, you know, it seemed like he lived a long, full life. It didn't, you know, it rocked me. But he was 88. Like, it didn't rock me like when Kobe died because, you know, he was too young. But he lived a no. full life. So, you know, at least there's that. Um, and Matt, you mentioned his accolades and his, um, persona off the court. Um, he was such a humanitarian. I mean, for as great as he was on the court and all his accomplishments, he was arguably just as good, if not a better person off of it. You know, he was way ahead of the curve in terms of fighting for equality, uh, human rights for everything, you know, men, woman, um, minorities. I mean, it was just an absolute tremendous human being that we all should strive to be like in a lot of aspects. But 
I want to touch on Bill Russell, the player, too, because, you know, everyone talks about GOAT debates. You know, Michael gets uh, mentioned the most, arguably, him and LeBron, you know, and people give a shout-out to Kareem. But Bill gets left off, you know what I mean? People, you know, will talk about errors. But, you know, Matt, you talked about the 21 and in Game 7. When the money was on the line, nobody was better. But let me just run it off real quick. You mentioned the 11 championships. He won two while coaching, too, as a coach player. Yep. So he won as a player, as a coach. Uh, he was 11-time champion, five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, an All-Star game MVP, three-time All-NBA first team, eight-time second team, defensive first team, four-time rebounding champ. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, the dude was an absolute beast on the boards on the defensive end. He was a pure athlete that could run, jump. Like Will, he was ahead of his time. You know, which made him, which was explained why those two were so dominant. Probably playing a pickup game upstairs right now as we speak. Um, but Bill doesn't get enough love in that goat conversation from probably any of us. But you know, he deserves to be in that, and a tremendous, tremendous player, a tremendous person, and you know, he lived a life that you know everyone, like I said, should strive to live and he will be missed yeah and my and i want to bring up the point about why he's not a good debate because his game isn't quote-unquote sexy yes like he doesn't score a lot and you know like especially people nowadays like all they care about is like the flashy offensive plays like all the scoring all the passing the shooting ball handling everything and bill russell i mean while he did average 15 to 70, 17 points a game like his the big impact he made was on the defensive end, like getting yeah. block shots, a lot of steals, like and running fast breaks. Like I don't know if you've seen highlights of him. Like yeah, yeah. he was he's athletic. A, yeah, he was like, a freak. like yeah, and then and then the m- biggest quality of him that a lot of people have been praising about him, whether it was Red Auerbach, his teammates like John Havlicek, Casey Jones, like it's his leadership. Like yeah. that's what that's what it, brought. It's it's you know what it's not to you it's really Tom like reminds me of Brady or Brady I should say reminds me of him in a way you know what I mean because obviously Bill preceded him, um, Brady had the leadership like Bill Russell you know players played for him and you know like you mentioned with Bill not being the flashiest player Brady's not the flashiest quarterback you know you know the guys yeah. like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and you know like Aaron Rodgers even though he's older to an extent you know because they can move and they have stronger arms. You know, yeah, they can throw on the run too. They like, can throw on the run. You know, Brady's, Brady's, Brady, like Peyton, they're like pure pocket passers. You know what I mean? But Brady's game was mental. Like I feel like Bill Russell was the same thing. He was really, really, a really good mental warrior. Brady be- could beat you between the ears. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, like I said, it wasn't sexy or flashy. Same thing with Bill. You know, he outworked you. He out hustled you. He was he outsmarted you, and he just did what it took to win. You know, he didn't care. Whatever it took, he did. Yeah, if he exactly. had to get thirty rebounds, he get thirty rebounds. If he didn't, if he only need to score ten points, as long as I got a W on the board, that's what he did, and that's why he won eleven championships. Yeah, and he's gonna do whatever it takes for the team to win. Yeah, but um, but Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, like you guys said, that he did so much outside of basketball and so much inside of basketball that uh, nothing can go unspoken for him. Um. You know, as a basketball player, yeah, gee, like, I agree with you. 
he, he's a team player. He's going to do whatever to get that W, and that's why he has 11 rings on his finger. Um, he's going to do, you know, the best thing that helps his team, where he doesn't need to be flashy like you guys said. He doesn't need to score 300 points, you know, in, in the series or whatever to, uh, to win. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the standard of basketball changed from time to time where we didn't need to score. You know, it was more of a team game or – I mean, it still is today, but, like, you know It I was mean? more defensive. It was more defensive, course, you yeah. know what I mean? So. Um, but I don't think he really needed the, you know, being the greatest of all time, uh, you know, war to know that he made a difference and impact on his team in, in the NBA and yeah. uh, outside. And also – him being a player and coach, you know, uh, shows a lot to a lot of other players that want to become coaches that it, it's possible that, you know, you can still be a successful basketball player and be a successful coach. He set the standard. Yeah, yep. he did set the standard for that. Um, while he may be gone, he will never be forgotten. And yep. Celtics Nation will, will always remember him as being arguably the greatest Celtic of all time. And he had to go through a lot throughout his entire basketball career to get to where he is now. And and I'm pretty sure a lot of guys, especially right now in the NBA, really appreciate him paving the way for them. All right, so moving on, uh, there is some big uh, baseball news that happened. Um, while there's been a lot of trades that happened, we're only going to really talk about the two that really um, – first one, Juan Soto – formerly of the Washington Nationals, getting traded to the San Diego Padres. Now the Padres have, have Juan Soto, they have Fernando Tatis, they have Manny Machado. I mean, those are three big bats right there if healthy. And, uh, and the, while the Padres might not uh, win the division, LA's up by 11 and a half games right now. They can be a threat in the wild card. I mean... I do question their pitching a little bit, but but if those three big bats can produce, I mean, sky's the limit for them. You guys, what do you guys think? Like, you think Padres have a chance, or you think this is still the Dodgers league or another I mean, team? I mean, uh, Juan Soto is a great pickup, but I don't think it necessarily makes him the class of anything. But you know, as long as they get in, which they very well could and should, I think, you know. They can compete. Um, I still think the Dodgers are better. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the Astros trade, even though they're in another conference. Um, I still think they're, you know, a better overall team. But in the NL, I think he gives them, like, you know what you talk about? Like, I don't want to say it's a puncher's chance, but, like, it gives them a chance to win, you know? I think they have a great shot at upending anybody. Would I bet on it? No. But, you know, a player of Juan Soto's caliber, which, you know, I was kind of hoping the Mets would get him. But then, you know, I realized I was kind of going to be unrealistic. But I was a little, yeah. you know, I was a little excited for like a day. And I was like, this is never going to happen. But, you know, a player of his caliber, you know, it'll give any team a chance. And, you know, he's one of the best players in the league. And the Padres are a damn good team. And we'll see what they do. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't think the Mets wants to give up so many of their assets yeah. to get them. Yeah. So, Which I'm fine like, with. Yeah, and then plus, like, not only would they have to get him, but are they going to be willing to pay him over $400 million for the next 12 years? I mean, he turned that down for the Nationals, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he clearly wants to be on a contending team that w- was willing to pay him as well. But, um, but Ryan, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on the Juan Soto situation? Uh, I don't really know much about baseball, so I'm not going to really take a stab into it. Uh, I think I agree with G. If, if it makes a difference of getting the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because it, it doesn't mean that you have to win the division. It just means get in the playoffs and then go from there because anything can happen from there. Yeah, I mean, you saw it the Braves last year. I mean, nobody yep. thought they were going to make it to the World Series. Everybody thought it was going to be the Dodgers just sweeping through, but yep, Braves true. ended up winning. But then uh, another big trade happening. Uh, Christian Vasquez, formerly of the Boston Red Sox, and Trey Mancini, for, formerly of the Baltimore Orioles, getting traded to the Astros. Um, I think that puts the Astros over top. I mean, even before them, I thought the Astros were always a better team, better team than the Yankees. So I just think that puts the icing on the cake. I mean, if they're all healthy, like I, I just can't see the Yankees beating them and. I'm not I'm not discrediting them because I hate them. I just don't trust Yankees pitching like to to go through the playoffs like that. So gee, you agree with me there? Yeah, honestly, I agree with you. I, I also think like before I, I was giving the Astros the slight edge over the Yankees, even though I was kinda leaning toward I was like fifty fifty, but I always just kinda thought about the Astros always seemed to get the Yankees number when it came to the postseason in the last few years. But this guy puts it over the top, you know, and I'm, I just honestly, when this happened, I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's the Astros being the Astros again. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win. And I think that they are the clear class of the entire league and not just the American League, you know, with this move. So anything less than a championship is definitely a disappointment for them. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like it's championship or bust for them, man. I yeah. feel like that's it's been that way for them for the past, yeah. what, four or five years now. And even more so now with this kind of move, you're really signaling that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ryan, you think this puts the Astros over the top? You think that gets them uh, have the Yankees now? Um, well, let's see. We got what about 60 more games left, about maybe yeah. 54, whatever it is. Um, I don't think it puts them over the top. Uh, I think it gets them close. I think they still need to, again, build chemistry and see how that goes. But I think – uh, they're close enough to be in, in a contender spot, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're always going to be in a contender spot. It's yeah. the Astros, especially these past five years. Yeah. But uh, right. another thing that improves their team, which is good for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're an Astros fan. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on from baseball to the NFL. So big news that happened uh, the past couple of days. Uh, Deshaun Watson was – Given a six-game suspension by the by the court, but but the NFL did appeal it, so the six-game game suspension is still still to be determined. It could be longer. Who knows what Goodell is going to do? <coughs> but um, but yeah, we did make our AFC North predictions last week. I think all of us. I mean, I remember I put Cleveland third. Gee, I think you put Cleveland third too, Ryan yeah. too. Uh, oh no, you put them fourth because you love I Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, no, you love. Yeah, because you love Mitch Trubisky. So, for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. But um, <sighs> but yeah, does this change your outlook for the AFC North if the system suspension holds? G, starting with you. If it holds, yes. If it's only six teams, 
I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Goodell will get a few more at the very least tacked on. So my division, will, my prediction for the division will probably remain, you know, the same. But if it just say for whatever reason it stays at six games, I would bump Cleveland to the number two spot. Because if you look at the first six games of the schedule, it's a pretty light schedule when looking at it. I mean, as well as you can look at it now. You know, as we, you know, in the NFL, there's always teams that will surprise you. But looking at it, you know, as is, you know, you got some early – they open up with the Panthers. It's winnable. I'm not saying the Panthers are easy. The Jets, no offense, Ryan, very winnable. Falcons, winnable. They're rebuilding. Steelers don't, you know, that's winnable because they don't have really an elite quarterback, and that Browns defense can win that game, if anything. That's winnable. Um, and they're really the only tough game is the Chargers. I mean, I wouldn't pick them to beat the Patriots without Watson – but I wouldn't call that game impossible either. I Maybe, you know, Bill, I think, would have Jacoby's number if he started that game. And, you know, Bill, what he always does is he'll make you play left-handed. So, you know. But, you know, I've named at least four games there that are easily winnable. So, like, a 3-3 three and three start, if it's only six games, is not out of the question without Deshaun. And then coming back to that rough stretch, I think even though, you know, he's – we question his character as a human being for – some of his choices, I got to separate um, that from uh, his character from the football player. Because the football player, you know, I remember before he was out of the picture, I had him as a top five quarterback, you know, and he was playing like it, you know, before this all happened. So if he's still playing at that level, I think he'll win. He'll get, uh, they start three and three, Cleveland will get the double digit wins. And I think they'll overtake Cincinnati in my division and I'll drop Cincinnati down to third which probably surprises some people because they're in the Super Bowl. But remember, there's always a Super Bowl hangover, it seems like. So, but I would move Cleveland up to two if Watson is only suspended six games. Yeah, Ryan, your thoughts? Okay, well, <laughs> they're, still, they're still at uh, four for me. I say they get 11 losses this year if that's suspension. Jesus. But on another note, I think – I think – he should be suspended for the year. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, because just, and I just want to take on that cause uh, on that opinion, saying that you have to obey by the NFL rules. And if you look outside the NFL, I mean, I'm very disgusted by it, what he did. So therefore six game spent is very soft for that. Oh yeah. So, but I do put, I, I, I really don't. I think that uh, uh, Cincinnati has their hangover because Joe Burrow is just, He's, he's another type of quarterback you don't want to mess with. He's the guy who's motivated to win all the time. Um, so he's going to keep that team in check. I just don't see him getting past Baltimore. So, you know. And I like Mitch Trubisky, too. <laughs> yeah, of course you do, buddy. You're the only one in the world who likes Mr. Trubisky. Even yeah. my yeah. Fr- best friend who's getting married to never <laughs> liked Mitch Trubisky when he was on the Bears. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what about you? How about you yes. So I I would actually change my prediction. If the six game suspension holds and I think like Ryan said, that's a that's a real soft punishment. Like it should be way more than that. Like I think it should have been the season, but that's another discussion to have for another yep. day. But but yeah, that would put for me put the Browns in second place behind the Bengals. Unlike G-John, I am still high on the Bengals. I think, like Ryan said, Joe Burrow is a gamer. He's one of those quarterbacks like that's 
that has it. Like he just knows how to win. Like I think he's one of those guys. And uh, and you point out, G, like the, their first six games, like the Panthers. I mean, they have Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. That's a win. The Jets, they're the Jets. Steelers, they have Mitch Trubisky, and the Falcons. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding. rebuilding. Yeah. So. So, like, those are four extremely winnable games there. And, I mean, I'm predicting they lose to Chargers and Patriots, but if they can start off 3-3 three and three and Watson comes back, I mean, that's going to be a tough team because that Cleveland Browns team already has a good defense, a very good secondary led by Denzel Ward and John Johnson. I mean, Miles Garrett is still in the – still yeah. at the edge. And then, obviously, Deshaun Watson's finally going to have a very good offensive line. He's got to have a very good offensive line, a top five at worst running back duo, and a number one receiver because they just traded for Amari Cooper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, they'll, they'll have Amari Cooper. They still have um, Joku, right, at tight end. They do, yeah, they do. Yeah, they have him at tight end. Um, I think they still have a couple of those other wide receivers. Did like, Jarvis go back? I can't remember. No, Jarvis went to Saints. Went to Saints. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think they still have. Uh, Higgins, right? Richard Higgins. They got Higgins, and I think they have uh, People People's Jones. Jones yeah. People Jones, yep. <laughs> yeah, and then, like you pointed out, they still have, uh, well, I think the best uh, running back tandem in the league. Yeah. Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think you can beat that. So, so like, he'll have his work cut out for him, man. And that's going to be a team to watch out for if the suspension holds and Deshaun Watson plays anything like he's done the, past, the previous uh, three years before – before uh, he took time off. Okay. So moving on from Deshaun Watson, uh, we are going to make our predictions begin with for uh, two, two more, two more divisions in the AFC. So, begin with the AFC South. Uh, Ryan, we'll begin with you. What are your, what are your predictions for um, the AFC South standings? It's pretty much the same as last year, but I'm going to put the uh, Colts ahead as winning the division. Um, just because they have that veteran quarterback, Matt Ryan, um, you know, and, and Frank Reich, great coach, uh, Jonathan Taylor, great running back. So, uh, and they still have a, a pretty solid defense to back it up. Um, so I think they'll, they'll win around like 11, 12 games, maybe, uh, win the division, uh, Tennessee, I see them number two, not winning as much as they did last year. Uh, but them still, I think, uh, having a chance to make the playoffs, they still have pretty much the best running back in the game. Uh, still a soft quarterback, uh, but they did lose weapons around them, which does not help uh, the situation. Uh, then I would go Houston next because I think they're an uprising team. They'll make some noise, but you know they're still not going to uh, see a playoff. I say six, seven wins, and then Jacksonville. Uh, even though they signed Christian Kirk, uh, it still doesn't really help the offense that much. Uh, so that's my. Uh, AFC South predictions. All right. Um, G? Uh, Ryan, very similar, except I'd flip the Texans and the Jaguars. I think I trust Trevor Lawrence to make a jump. You know, this year he'll play better. I think, you know, even though Christian Kirk, you know, while he's a good receiver, that contract might be too massive, but they made a lot of signings to bolster that offense. They had a good draft, um, and I think um, – Trevor Lawrence, another year under his belt, even though it's a new coach. I think Urban Meyer was a bit of a distraction. They'll play better. You know, I, I like Davis Mills for the Texans. He showed flashes, 
But I just don't think roster-wise they don't have much around him. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Brandon Cooks is there, but I get the feeling he's going to be gone to a contender at some point. You know what I mean? He's not going to want to toil away in Houston, you know, not really competing. There looks like they're kind of stripping that roster and rebuilding it from the ground up. So I have the Texans fourth, Jaguars third. I have the Titans second. I mean, they moved A.J. Brown. I do like Traylon Burks, but he is a rookie. And while Tannehill is a good quarterback, he's not a great quarterback. So um, there's certain guys that you can kind of put the game on their shoulders to win. Tannehill is a guy that, you know, can win games, like he's shown when he has a dominant running attack, like a guy like Derrick Henry. In the play-action game, he can play well. Um, so they'll win games. Then maybe they'll win like nine, ten games probably. I think something like that. Um, anything between eight to ten. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs yet. We'll make predictions for that later. But um, the acquisition of Matt Ryan, I think we'll put the Colts over the top. Um, he's a smart veteran quarterback. He's won in this league. He's a league MVP. I think uh, the Colts have an extremely talented offensive line. They have an extremely talented defense, and they have a really, really good running game. Matt Ryan is not going to be asked to carry the load like he did before when he was younger. He's just going to need to manage the game. He's going to need to just try to play mistake-free football and make good plays. You know, Michael Pittman, I think, is an ascending receiver. You know, and I think they have a a group of uh, talent there that's, you know, I wouldn't consider the receiving room to be so amazing, but, you know, it's it's not the worst. And I think Matt Ryan will do enough to win that division, like 10-11 wins, I'd go. Yeah, I'm, I actually have the exact same uh, standings as you, G, uh, beginning with the Texans at four. I mean, I like Davis Mills. I think he has a lot of room for improvement, but I don't like the pieces that are around him. I mean, the only guy he really has is Brandon Cooks, and right now, like, there's a lot of talks that he's on the trading block, so who knows yeah. if he'll be there. Uh, they don't have any, like, big-name guys on defense. I mean, I know they drafted Derek Stingley pretty high, but we'll see how he does, how he turns out. So, so yeah, I think they're still in rebuilding mode, and they're gonna, it's going to be a couple years till they get anywhere close to being a playoff-caliber team. Yeah. And then at number three, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. While I think – yeah, I think the – like you said, G, the whole Urban Meyer thing was a distraction last year. I mean, it kind of um, it kind of put a stall in uh, Trevor Lawrence's development. So so we could never see, like, where – what his projected ceiling was going to be. So, so I think this year it will be better because I like Doug Peterson as a coach. He won a Super Bowl with the Eagles a couple years ago, unfortunately, against my uh, – Patriots, but we'll discuss that another day. But um, but I like that they're getting TCN back. Somebody Trevor Lawrence is comfortable with. Uh, they signed Christian Kirk, Kirk uh, even though he was way overpaid. He's a he's an effective receiver along with Marvin Jones and Zay Jones of the of the LA Raiders. Um, they have a solid defense. I think I think they're still very young, but. But I think after this year, like, we'll see what happens. I mean, it all comes down to how Trevor Lawrence develops and if he's, yeah. if he can be your franchise quarterback moving forward. And at number two, I have the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, they're going to be depending a lot on their run. Um, it's going to be Derrick Henry or bust. Um, their defense was very good last year. I think they'll still be pretty good this year. Um, 
They still have a good secondary with killed Farley and uh, and Kevin Byard leaving, leading the way and a very good uh, front seven as well. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, well, I think Tannehill is a solid quarterback. I don't think I think he's a system type quarterback where he needs to be a game manager. Like he can't go out there and win you games. And yeah. I think and I think with AJ Brown gone, like he's not going to have the that necessary the necessary weapons to be able to lead you to a win. I mean, I like the Robert Woods pickup. I mean, he's no AJ Brown. He's more of a slot guy, but but like he can be a good uh, possession receiver. And they still have a fairly good offensive line. But but yeah, like I pointed out, it's gonna all come down to Derrick Henry, and they better hope he stays healthier. They're screwed. And then at number one, I have the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, the team is stacked, and I think the trade for Matt Ryan's a very good one. I think he's definitely an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Um, Matt Ryan has proven that he's a good veteran quarterback, has won an MVP, led his Falcons to the Super Bowl. Uh, he has a very good run game with Jonathan Taylor as the running back. Uh, great offensive line, solid weapons on the outside. And I think the, the big thing for the Colts is going to be their defense. I mean, they have a very good secondary. They signed Stephon Gilmore this year to go on the other side of Kenny Moore, who who, in my opinion, is a top 10 cornerback in the league right now. And then, of course, they have a great uh, front seven led by now Shaquille Leonard at mm-hmm. linebacker. That's and, right. Uh, and they, they, uh, I think they got uh, Yannick Ngakwe this year, so he'll be, he'll be very effective on the edge. And then obviously still having DeForest Buckner in the middle of that line. Like, like they're going to be tough. And, uh, and I think that they're going to be one of those teams that – can very easily sneak, be a sneaky Super Bowl contender. I don't think they'll make it there, but oh, they're going to sure. make, make any people. team they play. Yeah, they're going to surprise people, and any team they'll play, like they'll definitely scare them, especially with that defense. So, yeah, I have the Colts, Titans, Jaguars, and Texans. Moving on from the AFC South to the AFC West, arguably the best division in all of football. I mean, it is stacked. But um, I'll start off with this. At number four, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think they definitely made huge improvements on their roster, acquiring guys like Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. Um, I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I think he – I mean, despite the fact that he had so many distractions last year with the whole John Green situation and the Henry Ruggs car accident, like he was still able to lead his team to playoffs and make and uh, make make the Bengals uh, earn their win against them. So, yeah. so they still have Josh Jacobs at running back, um, along with Devontae. They have Hunter Renfro in the slot and Darren Waller, who's arguably a top three tight end in the league, and then. Uh, Effective offensive line, and then on defense, I mean, their secondary is a little questionable. I'm not a big fan of them, but I do love uh, that they acquired Chandler Jones to uh, to go alongside Max Crosby. So they'll have a fairly good pass rush there. But um, but in any other division, this team would be a playoff team. But in the AFC West, like it's going to be tough for for them to maybe even get a wild card spot, despite how, how good that team is. And then at number three, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Um, Justin Herbert still needs to prove it to me that he can make it to the playoffs. I mean, I know he has the arm talent. He has the physical traits, but he's had too many inconsistent games to show that he can lead a team to the playoffs. Um, I know – I mean, his O-line is very good. Um, they, Rashawn Slater, like, I think he'll take another leap in year two despite being great as a rookie. Uh, they still have Corey Lindsley at center. Uh, they re-signed Mike Williams to go alongside uh, Keen Allen at the receiver spot. But I think the big thing with the Chargers now is uh, is their defense. I mean, they they traded for Khalil Mack, who's, who I believe is still a very effective uh, pass rusher, still a top-five guy in the league. So you go alongside Joey Bosa. Uh, they signed uh, J.C. Jackson at the cornerback spot, former Patriot, signed to a big contract to go – alongside Asante Samuel at the cornerback spot. And they arguably have one of the best safeties in Derwin James to, to be that anchor of the defense. But, um, but I think what it comes down to is, is Brandon Staley going to be smart making play calls instead of like risking too many fourth down calls? And can Justin Herbert make that big leap and get that team over the hump into playoffs? And that's what we're here to find out. And then at number two, I have the Denver Broncos. Um, I do believe in Russell Wilson. I still think he's a top five quarterback in the league, but now he has a much better offensive line than he did in Seattle. I mean, while the weapons may not be as good, and he did just lose uh, Tim Patrick for the year, which I think is a fairly big loss at wide receiver. He still has Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. While they're not DK Metcalf and uh, – and Tyler Lockett, they're still very good receivers. And he has Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon at running back. So, yep. so like, he's got, he's got the necessary weapons to, to, make, to, uh, to help him. And then uh, – and I think their bread and butter, though, is going to be that defense. I mean, yeah. they signed DJ Jones at the defensive tackle. They signed Randy, Randy Gregory <clears throat> at the edge to go alongside Bradley Chubb. Uh, they have a great secondary led by Patrick Sertan, who – I believe will be a top five cornerback by the end of this year. I think he was that good last year. Yeah, and uh, and very good safeties in Justin Simmons and Cream Jackson. So I think they can be a very good team. But um, and I and I really do believe Russell Wilson will have that resurgence here. And then at number one, at the Kansas City Chiefs, um, I know a lot of people are down on them because they lost Tyree Kill. But it is Patrick Mahomes. He still has good weapons. Like, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They signed uh, Valdez Scantling from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they drafted Sky Moore, who I thought was one of the top receivers in the draft that the Patriots passed up on for freaking Tyquan Thornton. And then uh, and that O-line, like, it's one of the best in the league. I mean, Orlando Brown Jr. is back. Joe Tooney's still there. Uh, Creed Humphrey was in the running for rookie of the year last year at the center spot. Yeah, very good. We uh, passed yeah. up on him too. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, a lot of people <laughs> passed up on him. Yeah. But I think I think the big thing for this team, though, is that defense. I mean, I think they did a great job in the draft these past two years addressing the defense. Like, they got, um, they got Trent McDuffie in the first round. Uh, they got George Karlaftis in, in the in – the, first round as well late in the first round and uh and i think those two guys are going to be day one starters uh nick bolton like very good linebacker rookie year last year i think he's going to make that leap 
Uh, they still have Chris Jones, Frank Clark in, on that defensive line. And then I like uh, I like their secondary. I mean, I know they lost Tyron Matthew, but they did sign Justin Reed, who who's an admirable replacement. Might not be Tyron Matthew, but yeah. it's a good replacement at a much uh, cheaper price. And uh, But I think that's going to be the big thing is that defense is going to be a lot better than it has in years past. And that's why I'm putting them at number one. So I got the Chiefs. Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. That's my top. That's my uh, standings for the AFC West. Ryan, you go ahead next, bro. All right. I, I think uh, I think we lost Ryan a bit. Yeah, we did lose Ryan. So, gee, while uh, Ryan tries to get back on, uh, make your predictions. I got you. Um, so, for me, um, this was the toughest division. And – since we moved to a seven-team format, if there was ever a year for all four teams in one division to make the playoffs, it would be this year because those these four teams are that good. I'm going to start bottom up. Raiders four, Matt, you mentioned it. Most divisions, they would either be a division winner or a playoff team. They're that good. I think that offense is explosive. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, has a lot of toys now. You know, he's got – what a lot of people say, the best receiver in the game, Devontae. You know, he's got Darren Waller. He's got Hunter Renfro. he got three elite weapons. And, you know, a solid, a decent line. And he's got a good running attack behind him with Josh Jacobs and those boys over there. That offense is going to be explosive. I think where they lack at offense, I mean, where they lack is not offense, but defense. You know, I think you mentioned it, the secondary suspect. Um, Chandler Jones, while great, you have to wonder if he's going to slow down at some point, you know. I mean, Max Crosby, I think they'll be a formidable duo. Um, but they're not even the best pass rushing duo in their own division, I think. Yeah. They, yeah so, you know, and, and they're great. But, you know, they'll they'll terrorize quarterbacks. They'll get after it. Um, but I think that secondary is lacking. If that pass rush doesn't get to the quarterback, that defense can be had. And in this division, you got three other quarterbacks that will dice you up if, they give, if you give them time. So I got them fourth. Third, to the surprise of a lot of people, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Mahomes is great. You know, to some, a lot of people, he's the best quarterback in the league. Um, I think he's still going to be great, but I think it's going to be an adjustment without Tyreek. He's going to have to learn to take his checkdowns and do the boring stuff because I think Tyreek opened up so much for so many people because his speed was such a game changer. While people talk about Devontae, uh, there were people, you know, there was arguments to be had with Tyreek because of his elite speed, had an argument and case to be the best receiver in the league. And I think his speed is so game-changing. We've never seen anything like it, really. I mean, he's got football speed and track speed. Like, it shows anywhere. So I think that element will be an adjustment. I think the offense will be good. I mean, Juju is solid. But... I just don't think they have a true number one in Kansas City. They got some twos. Juju's a really good two. Scantling is probably a three, but he's gonna have to play like a two. You know uh, who else? They got they have Hardman. They got Sky Moore. Yeah, Hardman's a three. Sky Moore maybe maybe he can be a one if he's great. I know I I like the kid coming out, but is he gonna be pop like that early? I don't know. But they got a bunch of twos on. As wide receiver, and I think I think the big thing you're going to see with Kansas City, like I think they're going to do a lot more passing attack with their running backs. They but should. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, they still have Jerick McKinnon, who they loved utilizing last year. So yeah. 
For sure. And, and Mahomes is going to have to take the short to intermediate stuff, which has always been his problem because he always liked the home run ball. He had that Brett Favre mentality. You know, people always compare him to Rodgers, but he reminded me more of Favre. Favre, one of those home runs. Mahomes likes his home runs. He's going to have to take to learn to play short to intermediate. You know, Rodgers had that problem early in his career. You know, the deep ball is what every quarterback wants, but you got to take what the defense gives you. And, you know, Kelsey is still the best tight end, you know, arguably. To me, he is. You know, some people say Kittle, but, you know, he, he still has Kelsey. He's got a security blanket. But I think it'll be a little bit harder to uh, come by. That offense will have a little bit harder time to produce points. They'll still be good. But a lot of number twos there have a solid offensive line. And while they've drafted, you know, some defensive guys in the first round, that could be day one starters and probably will be. I think that defense is starting to downtrend a little bit. You know, guys are getting a little bit older. You know, I know Frank Clark and Chris Jones, you know, they're, they're good. But, you know, they're getting up there in age. You got to think at some point they're going to slow down a little bit. Um, I think their secondary is can be had, honestly. Um, and I don't think their offense is going to be a 30-point-per-game machine that – you know, people are accustomed to. So I think it's going to be some games they'll struggle. And we saw last year with Tyreek, you know, the offense struggled at some points. I think it'll be a little bit harder. And Mahomes is great, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. I still think he'll have a great year. But that division is a bloodbath, man. So, you know, I got the Chiefs third. I struggle with this one. I'm going to go with Denver at number two. And I was flip-flopping back and forth between Chargers and Denver. Until now, right? Yeah, honestly, at this point, I was, wasn't was sure. But I'm going to go with Denver. Now, I'm saying Russell Wilson's praises. I think he's going to have a resurgence year. Wouldn't shock me if they won the division at all. You know, any of these teams winning the division, uh, the top three, Chiefs, Chargers, and uh, Broncos, wouldn't shock me. But I'm going to go them too because I think uh, while – Denver's offensive line is better than Seattle's. I mean, pretty much anything is better than what Russell dealt with Seattle. Um, you know, they'll be improved uh, there with Russell. They have a better offensive line. Uh, he's got good receivers. He doesn't have a DK Metcalf, but I think Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, one of those guys will be that caliber with Russell Wilson playing quarterback. They got good weapons with there. I mean, unfortunately, they lost Tim Patrick with that, uh, you know, with that leg injury. You know, you hate to see training camp injuries. They still got really good weapons. They got two excellent receivers, in my opinion. K.J. Hamler is a young guy they drafted that they really like that could take a jump and be that third guy. So they got three still solid guys, two excellent, and another guy that can be solid. They have a good running attack. Javante Williams had a great rookie year. He'll build on that. Melvin Gordon still there as a veteran that's capable and can produce. So they got a two-headed back monster right there, a good offensive line, and their defense. I mean, their defense is they won games – with Drew Locke at quarterback, no disrespect. I mean, <laughs> the defense is really, really good. And, you know, with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, you know, you have a little bit more leeway because he's going to be able to produce a lot more offensively than what they're used to doing last year. So I could easily see Denver winning, even in that division, 11 to 12 games. Could, could see it happening. But number one, I'm going with the Chargers. So... Justin Herbert, man, you know, he has to he has to do it this year. He's got to do it. Um, I think he's super talented, super talented. 
Um, he's got all the tools, and I think this is the year he puts it together, and I think he has an MVP caliber season this year. Wouldn't shock me one bit if he won the award. I mean, I think he's going to be even better. I, I mean, the addition of Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa, that defense is ferocious. You know, Derwin James, if he stays healthy, that back end, that defensive roster is loaded. I think their offense is loaded. You know, Eckler's amazing. Um, you know, they got Justin Jackson. I'm pretty sure they drafted him back, too. They got a lot of good options on the backfield. They got some – they still got Mike Williams. They still got Keenan Allen. <clears throat> they got a good line. Um, Rashawn Slater is one of the better tackles in the league. He's going to do a good job protecting him. And I think Justin Herbert, um, I my bold prediction this year, is going to show why he's the best quarterback out of that trifecta of Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and um, Josh Ooh. Allen. Oh, nope. Josh Allen. Yeah. And I, th- I think Justin Herbert is going to have a better year than uh, individually than both of those guys. I think this is the year he takes a leap. And he wins probably like 12 games. They win that division. So I got the Chargers number one. All right, that's a bold prediction, especially with how you saw Josh Allen playing the playoffs last year. I know. <clears throat> and right, I mean, yeah, I know exactly. So, I mean, that's the great thing about the NFL. Like, you never know who's going to take that big leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, can you hear us? Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we, we can. can hear you. Welcome back. Um, yeah, I just had some Wi-Fi issues, so we should be all set. Sounds good, but uh, but yeah, now we want to hear your AFC West predictions. It's man, I, I I've been it, when you guys were talking, I was like throwing this back in my head, like who's gonna win it, who's not gonna win it? Because you, you know, you know that every single team in that division has a high caliber offense. Like they're not gonna let yes. you down when they play offense. It just comes down to the defense. Um, they all have tough schedules. I've been seeing them, so it's not like it's going to be an easy uh, road for all of them. But I will tell you this: three teams out of the four teams will make the playoffs in that division. I believe that. Oh yeah, yeah I agree. I will go number four, the Raiders, uh, just because, like you guys said, they they have a solid defense, but not as strong. Um, they do have again a new newcomer head coach, Jack McDaniel's. We'll see how that does. You know, he had a stint in Denver. Uh, you know, about 10 years back, and he didn't do so well. Uh, but we'll see if he can redeem himself in that situation. Um, then I'll go number three. I'll go the the Chargers. I'm not actually the Chiefs. I'll go the Chiefs. The Chiefs will be number three. They'll make the playoffs. Uh, just because, yeah, like you said, G, uh, you know, uh, maybe he'll, uh, Patrick Mahomes will have a t- tough time adjusting to, like, throwing to the check down or throwing short passes because he doesn't have those deep threats anymore. Uh, but I'm sure that they'll figure that out. Andy Reid's a smart guy, and, yeah. and, and so is Patrick Mahomes. They're, they're pretty smart. He, uh, I think the only reason he threw the ball deep all the time because they had a deep threat receiver. Um, and then number two will be the Chargers. They will finally make the playoffs, which they should have the past couple of years, um, or at least last year. Um I think that Justin Herbert makes the leap. I think their offense is pretty high caliber and their defense is pretty solid too. And then uh, first is Denver. I think Russell Wilson brings that leadership to that offense where they can take them to the next step. And their defense is just, they're just really good. Um, The top five defense, I think. So uh, that's what uh, my rank is are, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, most definitely. So you guys are saying two of the AFC West teams are making and the other wildcard team, the Patriots, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally what we're saying. I mean, that's yeah, not what I'm saying, but all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like your sarcasm, Gigi, and I like that you tell the truth, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, thank you guys uh, for um, listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, we are on Google, Spotify, Anchor, um, you name it, we're on it. Um, make sure to uh, check out our Instagram page, at uh, 3 Game. Uh, and, guys, it's been a pleasure talking sports with you tonight, uh, especially football because it's around the corner. Can't wait. Uh, so exciting. Have a good night, everybody. Subscribe. Take care, subscribe, everybody. Subscribe. Definitely subscribe. <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care.